Welcome to The Internet Work, a podcast written by internal medicine residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today, we have the first part of our annual special episode. I'm the host, Zara Morali, uh, finishing up my general internal medicine fellowship at Western University and moving to Toronto. This episode today is all about reflections, where we've really decided to highlight our team as they reflect back on their internal medicine journey. So I have four of our spectacular team members here with us, and they're going to tell you all a little bit about themselves. So let's start with Shannon. Hi, everyone. My name is Shannon. I am uh, currently at the end of my PG-1 year at McMaster, um, and I also did a medical school at McMaster as well. Uh, my role in the internet work is I am one of the infographic designers, uh, and I'm also one of the uh, incoming site leads at McMaster. Hi everyone, I'm Claire. I am a current R2 slash incoming R3 at uh, Western's internal medicine program, which is also where I did my med school. Uh, And on the podcast, I am currently one of the uh, Western internet work site leads. Hey everyone, I'm Orly. I'm a soon to be R3 in Toronto, uh, where I did my med school training as well. And I'm one of the site leads for the internet work at Toronto. Hi everyone, my name is Nafis. I am one of the uh, uh, R1s at uh, Western. I'm uh, just going into my R2 year. I'm one of the sound editors. And I actually uh, found uh, the internet work uh, just uh, because, you know, just from word of mouth uh, from uh, one of my co-residents. But I was actually listening to the show since I was a med student. So great to be here. Nafis has saved me multiple times with many uh, sound and technical issues. So thank you for all your help. Actually, uh, Orly, how did you get involved uh, with the podcast itself? Yeah, so uh, I was lucky enough during med school to come to Mac for an elective where I met one of the founders, the famous founders (laughs) of the internet work, uh, Zara. And then when I started my residency, I thought it would be really cool to help participate in either writing podcasts or getting involved with the team on the internet work. And so that's what I've been doing now for the two years of my residency. And it's been awesome. That's excellent. Okay. And then Claire, what about you? Uh, So I first found the internet work through an elective resident from U of T who met me as a med student. And I started listening to the podcast ever since then. Um, I fell in love with it. I pounced on the option to write an episode in my R1 year, which I think is coming out shortly. Um, And then luckily got a and in to be part of the site lead team, which I'm very thrilled to be a part of. It's been a lovely journey. Which episode? We can give a little teaser. Oh, it's uh, it's an episode on malignant emergencies. I think it's called Derailed on the Trail. So it's Ooh. just an overview of how you approach malignant emergencies and the people who you, know, you may already know or may not know have cancer. What about you, Shannon? You started as a very early medical student. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I remember very clearly one day I was just sitting in the library like late at night studying or maybe not studying and scrolling through Twitter or something like that. And I just stumbled on the internet work Um, and I was looking through the infographics um, and I I dabble in some amount of graphic design and art myself. And I I saw the infographics, they look so good. And I just like um, sent a random message, <laughs> not really expecting to hear back. And then I heard back and the rest is history. So I yeah, started making infographics. I actually really, really enjoy it. I learn a lot while doing art basically. So it's, it's perfect. Um, and then also very excited to be involved more at McMaster um, as well next year. 
And I guess before the internet work, were you were you also studying by drawing? Ah, uh, that's a great question. I guess informally, um, I would draw out stuff, um, and it helps me remember it better. Um, but now, yeah, it's mostly through internet work infographics actually hmm. I, I go to, I go to that a lot um, both things that I make because I remember how I lay things out but also um, things that other people make um, shout out to some of I think Caitlin's infographics I, I turn to them all the time in clinic and you you started really early on and uh, I don't know if you, you did you say you were a first year or second year medical student when you did did you already have an interest in internal medicine or what was your sort of journey to deciding that for yourself yeah I think when I discovered internet work I think I was in second year and I had an inkling then for sure that I I enjoyed internal medicine I think uh, even going into medical school, I, I didn't really know what I wanted. I had some tiny exposure to family medicine, but didn't know anything outside of that. I think what really drew me was in, internal medicine is what I imagined medicine to be like. Of course, I then discovered that there's things like surgery and so many other you know, public health and things like that. But in in the back of my mind, like this is what core medicine felt like to me. And then I felt that coming out as a doctor, I wanted to be able to comfortably manage like almost everything uh, complex about that that's going on inside the human body, which is what internal medicine is. So that was kind of the big idea. And then I realized, oh, you get to work in a team and also you get to tackle some social issues and you really get to like talk through these patients and sit down and think about things a little bit more. Um, and I'm a little bit slower, I like to sit down and think about things. Um, so I think all of that kind of just fit together. You can't see us, the listeners on Zoom, but we're all just like nodding our heads, identifying with that whole journey. Except I think I went into medical school only knowing what surgeons did from Grey's Anatomy. Um, what about you, Claire? So for me, it was a combination of different things. I am someone who likes to think and likes to problem solve. And so when I got into, you know, internal medicine specialties and got an exposure to that, where it is, you know, as Shannon said, very contemplative, but also like this practice of diagnostic reasoning and thinking through cases and stuff like that, that was really appealing to me. Um, I also liked the, you know, collaboration you work with teams of different people, you work with your co-residents all the time. Like it's not just sort of you as the lone wolf doing something. Cause that always felt like really intimidating. The fact that like, just, just you, but there's really this culture of like asking and talking with people and like getting help and assistance. Um, and so that, that sort of fell together. And also I wasn't quite sure whether I wanted to like include research in my practice or include something else. And internal medicine had this great flexibility to do all of that. And so it was something that, again, I had on my radar relatively early on in medical school and it just sort of kept drifting towards it as we went. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of internal medicine um, people say that they were just like, you know, slowly drifting towards the general direction. Orly, do you, do you identify or not identify with any of these things? I totally identify. And I don't want to be one of those panels that just repeats everything. So, but the, to avoid doing that, I can say some of the kind of unique things that maybe drew me toward internal medicine besides um, the things that I've agreed with so far. But 
I was one of those med students who like liked everything, like every rotation, I would book an elective and something else. And I was like, I'm going to be a psychiatrist. I'm going to mm-hmm. be a pediatrician. And then the more I did other things, the more I realized I just kept getting drawn back to IM. And I think why that was, was I really liked being on the inpatient setting. Now I know that <laughs> there's a lot of outpatient, you know, uh, specialties in internal medicine, but I loved being on team on CTU and dealing with inpatients um, and especially dealing and interacting with patients and their families at their most vulnerable times um, because you're really seeing patients at their sickest and being able to be that person and doctor um, who can guide them through that, them and their families and their loved ones. Um, And that was really important to me. And I felt like internal medicine, especially the three years of training, um, were really able to provide that for me. Mm -hmm. And it's been a journey and it's ongoing, but it's really (laughs) fun. (laughs) It's especially at the cusp of your three year. That's yeah. (laughs) That's what is really a journey. It is the journey, but it's good. It's good. And what about you, Nafis? Yeah, I think I would more or less echo the things that uh, other people said. Um, so I, I think it's interesting that uh, for you, uh, I, I guess you identified being a doctor with Grey's Anatomy because for me, it was actually more house MD, right? Mm. I thought about internal medicine, like uh, really that was kind of in line with what my image of a doctor was from you know a very long time ago. And so I thought, you know, when I first was on CTU as a medical student, uh, I finally got that opportunity to, you know, take that exercise in critical thinking and diagnostic reasoning, like Claire said, and kind of put the pieces of the pathophysiologic puzzle together and uh, try to come up with answers for patients. And uh, I remember one of my first patients uh, had an AKI. And at this point, you know, we could all recite the differential for an AKI, you know, just in our sleeps. But, um, you know, when I actually got to do that and present at rounds and actually uncover some answers and turn out to be right, like that was really satisfying for me. And to be able to relay that to the patient and his wife, uh, that was also an incredible feeling. And so I think that that's something that I took away with me. And one of the reasons I still, um, you know, really enjoy internal medicine as a, as a specialty. All the mysteries. And so do you use house as a, uh, as something to try to describe to other people what internal medicine is, or how do you describe it? Uh, well, how I describe internal medicine is, you know, pretty much we're looking after all the patients in the hospital that don't fall neatly into one category. So, you know, in, in many ways that uh, I actually do refer to house because, you know, it does kind of touch upon that, um, you know, undifferentiated, you know, detective work that you do as a, as an internist. But, uh, uh, you know, what I tell people is that we deal with every single organ system, uh, when patients have multiple things going on with them all at once, that usually falls, uh, on our laps. And, uh, it's us that people look to, to do something about it and bring all, all the moving parts together to make sure that those patients get the care that they need. I love that explanation. I'm going to use parts of that in my next sort of cab ride or talking to family members, especially when you do general internal medicine fellowship, then you get the question double, and then it's even harder to explain what you're specializing in. Um, does anyone else have good explanations for, for what internal medicine is? I'm just like everything that's not surgery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I use that, that as well. That's, that's the basic. You yeah. know, when you go to hospital and like, yeah. they don't and you're like, you're, ad- surgery? you're and you're admitted, like you're sleeping there, but you're not done <laughs> in surgery. That's me. Yeah. All right. Or what, what do you think uh, now as, you know, a seasoned resident, what is different about internal medicine now compared to what, I guess what you had 
thought about internal medicine when you were going into it? Yeah. So I think like as a med student, you just have this picture that your whole three years and beyond of internal medicine is sitting at the computer in the CTU, <laughs> like writing notes and rounding and, you know, doing teaching and morning report. And that is your whole life. And that's it. Um, and even though, you know, it's not like that, you still kind of think, well, it might be like that, but then you go through residency. And what I think has been super both inspiring and um, challenging for me because I like everything is to see just how many opportunities there are um, after internal medicine and after graduating from residency. And that's been super cool. Um, and something that I didn't expect, everybody has different pathways, both clinically and in their academic pursuits. Like there's an opportunity, then you go for it. And whether it's like you know, inpatient, outpatient research or QI or medical education, what we're doing, like there's just endless opportunities, which I think is really unique to internal medicine and the world beyond the CTU and the ward is just very big, um, which is, which is awesome. And I would say to like a medical student, you know, if you're an undecided kind of person and you're someone who likes everything and then internal medicine is amazing because uh, you can really carve out whatever you want to do both clinically and non-clinically. Um, which is something that I didn't fully realize when I was training as a med student. I love that. I thought, to be honest, I was worried that this question would uh, go a bit dark, but that is very inspirational and something that probably only- <laughs> Yes, it is also point. very hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that only someone going to PGY3 uh, really has the perspective over, I would say. It's true. All the you get to see all your colleagues diversify and go into different areas. And it's really interesting after, after residency, having, you know, cardiologists that you can text and having like someone else like in respirology that you can text and everyone, even though you guys were all sort of the same in those three years, uh, then you, then you choose your own path. And there's a lot of variety in that. Why don't we actually ask uh, Shannon and Nafis because uh, you guys are you know, just about to go into PGY2. What's your perspective on uh, what's different compared to you this time last year about your thoughts on internal medicine? Uh, sure. Yeah. So I guess uh, what I would say is that uh, what ends up being a whole lot more important than understanding, you know, say, I don't know, an approach to hyponatremia or whatever your differential for glomerulonephritis and, and whatnot is, you know, it, it's one thing to understand the diseases itself. But it's a whole nother thing to understand what comes into play um, when you come up with plans to actually address those disease processes. So, you know, for example, you know, I, I could know that a patient that comes in with a COPD exacerbation is going to need home oxygen down the road. But it's a whole different thing to understand, you know, what company is going to be able to provide home oxygen and how that is going to come into play when, you know, they're going to end up going to a retirement home and what other kind of dispositional planning uh, needs to take place and how I can work with the allied health team to, you know, make sure that we actually do have a clear plan uh, for that patient. And so I, I think understanding those intricacies and knowing how things work on a systems level and being able to work with other members of a very diverse team uh, is actually a much bigger part of internal medicine than uh, I'd, I'd initially realized when I was first exposed to it. Even though I did get a taste of it as a medical student, I definitely think my perspective opened up a little bit more as a, as a resident. So that's what I would say. And I think that hmm. that's uh, probably something important to keep in mind going into your senior year. 
And it sounds like you also like having that ownership, like you are the MRP and it's up to you to find out how this patient will get their home oxygen. Exactly. Quarterbacking patient's care. Mm-hmm. And Shannon? Yeah, uh, I guess two two things come to mind. Um, the first is, is, is uh, a bit on the darker side and maybe the more practical side, and that is call. I have to <laughs> say, I am, I guess, one of the, the COVID babies. We uh, during medical school never did 24 or 26-hour call, um, even on internal medicine. And maybe that was our school specific. But even though you hear about it and you sort of try to emulate it, it's just not the same until you've actually done Mm -hmm. call. Um, And I remember my very first call at the beginning of R1 was like, whoa, what is this? I I could barely keep my eyes open (laughs) at I think like 5 a.m. I was I was done. So that was different uh, on a practical level. But now I think you you just figure out a system that works for you. You make sure to like refuel, like make sure I, I try to eat before the hunger headache sets in and and you like your body kind of just gets used to it. So that's that's more on the practical side. The other thing is probably that so much of internal medicine is actually done on an outpatient basis, on an ambulatory basis. And I didn't think I, I don't think I knew that as a medical student, because you only saw CTU and all the inpatients. But now that you get to do some clinics, um, you realize that so much of patient care happens uh, as an outpatient and you don't get the luxury of following their daily blood work and things like that. So it's a whole different set of skills and art uh, to have that comfort to to let them go out into the world um, at home and still provide care and and order blood work and things like that wisely. It gives me a secret joy as to how much you guys are talking about ambulatory internal medicine, because I don't think I, I don't think in PGY1, I really um, experienced that much or really appreciated the uh, the importance of ambulatory medicine within internal med as a, as you know a fundamental aspect of it, and it was only really in fellowship uh, where we do actually the majority of our time in the ambulatory world that I started to realize. So I'm um, I'm glad the new generation is thinking so much about it. I guess as you were talking about call, Shannon. Um, this kind of leads well into my next question of what do you wish you had known in your first month? So speaking to all those to be internal medicine residents this July, um, what do you wish you had known? For me, um, and something I think as a medical student, I didn't appreciate as much is to be more comfortable with not knowing. And that's really hard to say because it's always scary to not know. And I feel like especially coming to PGY1, you have such a big transition. You feel like now you have this doctor title and and people call you that and you have the right to write prescriptions and things like that. So you feel like you need to know everything and have all the answers you know, before during CARMS and and before when you were asking for letters as a medical student, there was always that pressure to impress. So I was a little bit afraid to ask questions or to answer the wrong question, um, give the wrong answer. Um, But then in in R1, I really tried to push myself to just be okay with not knowing and also to ask all the questions, even if I thought maybe this is a bit silly, um, because if not now, 
um, the higher up you go in your training, I think the harder it will become to, to ask questions. And then you'll never know the answers um, and it'll just feel even more weird um, asking those questions. So especially I think in your first month, everyone is super supportive. Um, everyone has been there and, and knows what it's like to be in this kind of scary um, nerve-wracking transition moments. And even now, as the end of PGY1, I'm still trying to cram in all my questions before I'm senioring. And, and at that time, it might feel like a little bit um, a little bit scarier to ask questions then. No, honestly, I'm so glad you said this <laughs> no. because yeah, without ever having worked with you clinically, I now know that you're ready to be a senior resident. It's it never ends the need to ask questions. I'm sure even even as uh, an attending, it won't end, um, and you just get more comfortable being okay to say I I don't know. I need to look this up or ask a colleague. And uh, as a senior resident, uh, you'll have all your other senior residents, some of whom will be awake at night for you to text and ask. Claire, what do you think? What do you wish you had uh, known uh, in your first month now that you're going into PGY3? Yeah, honestly, mine is is reflective, I think, of what Shannon said, uh, is that I was really anxious that people were going to expect me, you know, like like she said, to, to be the doctor and to know everything. But I think aside from just it being okay to ask questions, I think one of the biggest lessons of the first few months of my R1 year was that no one expects you to be perfect. No one expects you to already know stuff. No one expects you to be a brilliant doctor. Like you've entered a cocoon and you're now metamorphosizing and suddenly you know everything. (laughs) Like that's not how it works. They expect you to be curious and to have a growth mindset, but they don't expect you to know everything. And so, I mean, this plays into me just learning, you know, not just that it's okay to ask questions, but that it's okay to, you know, always be learning and always be curious and to, you know, interact with other people from that, that place. And, you know, at the beginning of a rotation, set my own goals and talk to my attendings about like, here's where I want to be, you know, if we can tailor some of my learning to that strategy. And I think that that has really helped me to put training into perspective. And so I would, I would assure people like you don't, have to be perfect. No one expects you to be that way. Just come into it eager to learn like you were this whole time. And that's really all the people want. I have two short and sweet practical things. I think that I wish I would have done more of or known more of. Is it where's the bathroom? That? where? (laughs) No, not just where's the bathroom. Where's the nice bathroom? Uh. Uh, But uh, okay. One is that I think the internet is awesome. And I just now I'm PGY2, like maybe it's because I'm addicted to social media, but Twitter is really amazing for medical education and learning. And I wish I like followed some of the people that I do now. You can follow my followers and who I follow if you want. (laughs) But I think there's such wealth of knowledge, like we should take advantage of that. And people post really cool cases and images and just like clinical pearls that some of the things that I see like on the wards now, it's like, oh, I learned that because I saw this case, um, just cause you won't ever be able to see everything, but for some reason for me, it's like another learning tool. So that was one thing. And the second, I think like depends on, you know, what program you're in, but if you're in a program where procedures are not every day, I would say just like get as many as you can. And I'm someone who was scared of procedures. So I was always like, Oh, it's fine. It's fine. I'll let someone else, you know, <laughs> put the gloves on. But 
the more experience you get, just the more comfortable you'll be. And so I would say starting day one, if, if you're there and you're eager and you're keen, like someone will let you do it. And the more you do, the better you'll be. So just get your foot in. Um, and that's my practical kind of day one start tip. Love it. Especially going into PGY three. I remember that's when I felt like, Oh, I haven't done this one procedure. I think for me it was, uh, lumbar punctures. And I was like, I need to do more. Like I can't be a PGY four. Yeah. If anyone Um, has a swollen knee around. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, why don't you send me some of, uh, the, um, Twitter uh, people that you follow, uh, and we can uh, release it with this episode as well on, um, I guess we'll either put it on our blog post or release with Twitter. The internet work was created by Allison Lai and co-developed by Zara Morali and Leah Karnopoulos. This episode was produced and recorded by Zara Morali. Music production by Laxman's of Anthem Mohan. If you liked this episode, please check out our infographics at theinternetwork.com and like and subscribe to us. We also have a series called The Internet Work Base Camp if you go to our website for new incoming interns to learn internal medicine while on the go on the wards. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope to see you again soon.